It's been a quiet week in our hometown of San Anselmo, nestled against the edge of the Marin Hills, and that's a good thing, because the staff of First Presbyterian Church is still recovering from Holy Week and Easter, the Super Bowl of the Christian calendar. There's always the hope, if not the pressure, to pack the pews on Easter. There was a story floating around about a church that published the most impressive half-page Easter ad anyone had ever seen, promising an iPod mini to every first-time visitor on Easter Sunday. And then the pastor of First Presbyterian went to an A's game the Saturday before Easter Sunday. It was the day that they were giving away Josh Donaldson diorama bobbleheads to the first 20,000 fans. A bobblehead for you uninitiated is one of those dolls that has its head on a spring so it bobbles. The fans started arriving at 8 in the morning for a 1 o'clock baseball game just to stand in line to make sure they got their Josh Donaldson bobblehead. So the staff at First Presbyterian pondered what bobblehead might draw big crowds to church on Easter. (laughs) Probably not Jesus or Moses, Marin worshipers not being the pious type, really. Definitely not the pastors. But maybe one of the seminary interns, a Dan Robertson bobblehead or a Chris Schilling bobblehead, Contributing to the Easter stress was some minor anxiety as the staff waited for the organist to arrive for the 8 o'clock Easter service. It was then that the pastors learned for the first time that the intern plays the piano, but only show tunes. (laughs) So if the organist forgot the early service, they figured they could substitute something from Phantom of the Opera or Oklahoma for Jesus Christ is Risen Today. (laughs) Oh, what a beautiful morning. Might work for Easter, right? The theme from the Flintstones is also in its repertoire, and at least that has some vague connection with stones (laughs) rolling, if not rolled away. Maybe the congregation could shout yabba-dabba-doo instead of hallelujah. (laughs) It is true. Whether it is a relief to you or an affront that most clergy, most ministers, blow off steam by joking around about holy things. Someone once said that people go into ministry because they want to get close enough to God that God can't hit them. (laughs) On Easter, of course, the organist, being the consummate professional that he is, arrived in time, and it was a beautiful Easter, a glorious celebration, and the Marin weather cooperated as it almost always does. That's why we live here. There's no shortage of natural beauty in Marin County. Beach lovers have Stinson Beach and about 23 other quieter beaches. Wildlife lovers have the Point Reyes National Seashore where you just might spot some tule elk or elephant seals among the rugged terrain there. Or from the Point Reyes Lighthouse, you can catch a glimpse of a pod of whales. There's the cathedral-like quiet of Muir Woods and the view of the Farallons from Mount Tamalpais, the waterfalls on the Cataract Trail. About five minutes from wherever you are in Marin County is something stunningly beautiful. Some folks think this natural beauty is why Marin County folks care more about the environment than your average American citizen. Others claim it's because your typical Marin resident wants everything to remain exactly the same as it was the day he moved to Marin County. (laughs) 
development is always complicated in Marin, isn't it? Should we build a detention basin if it means the shrinking and sinking of Memorial Park? A few years ago, George Lucas wanted to expand his operation in Marin, and Marin County said, nah, George, take it across the bridge, but we'll build you two really cute statues in downtown San Anselmo. Recently, the Marin County Supervisor squashed a proposal for a solar farm off 101 near Novato because, as one county supervisor put it, our rural character is important, and a solar farm is not consistent with our rural surroundings. But Nordstrom seems to be consistent, <laughs> and Costco, and Target. Hard questions. White Hill Middle School science teacher Steve Morris has been trying to teach his annual unit on the environment. He tries to do this in a way that helps his sixth graders become good citizens, but doesn't result in a volley of phone calls from parents accusing him of causing their children nightmares. The class had been talking about global warming, and Mr. Morris gave extra credit to any student who could memorize the 35-word explanation of global warming. The sixth graders inevitably rushed through it. Earth transforms sunlight's visible light energy into infrared en light energy that leaves the Earth slowly because it is absorbed by greenhouse gases. When people produce greenhouse gases, energy leaves Earth even more slowly, <gasps> raising Earth's temperature. They may or may not have understood what they were saying, but they understood enough because that's when the hard questions started. A student asked why it's okay to build a new target right next to the bay but not okay to build a solar farm off Highway 101. Mr. Morris didn't have a good answer, or at least not a good, easy, sixth-grade appropriate answer. It's just not fair, the sixth-graders said. Now, sixth-graders are always eternally now and forever concerned about what's fair. <laughs> of course, much of the time, that's not fair means I don't like it. They're also chronically determined to find someone to blame for any misdeed, perceived or real. They want to know whose fault it is. I suspect this is because they live in constant fear, or at least suspicion, that whatever it is, it's probably their fault. So placing blame somewhere else is nearly a full-time job for a sixth grader. <laughs> Mr. Morris, why do people think poppies are beautiful but scotch broom is ugly? asked a girl. Mr. Morris decided not to tackle the aesthetic implications and went straight to the science. Poppies are native plants, but scotch broom is an invasive species. It crowds out the native plants. That's not fair, said the girl. And Mr. Morris wasn't sure if she thought scotch broom was being unfairly maligned or poppies unfairly crowded off the Marin hillsides. Some of the questions were personal. If you care so much about global warming, Mr. Morris, why don't, why don't you drive a Prius? Because I'm saving up for a Tesla, Mr. Morris shot off. <laughs> Although the truth is, unless Tesla comes up with a Corolla of Teslas, he'll never be able to save up for a Tesla on a teacher's salary, and that's not fair. The class talked about which nations produce the most greenhouse gases and which nations don't even perceive climate change as a threat. 
Are the people in Liberia bad guys because they don't think global warming is important, Mr. Nor Morris, asked one boy, looking for someone to blame, most likely. Mr. Morris said, no, they are not bad guys. And then he tried to explain to kids who think deprivation is when your parents won't buy you a smartphone, why some people don't have access to some of the information that we have, and why people surviving on about a dollar and a quarter a day might be more worried about other things. It's just not fair, said the boy. No, it isn't, said Mr. Nor Morris. Not sure whether the boy thought it wasn't fair that he had to learn about global warming when some kid in Liberia didn't, or whether he thought it wasn't fair that someone had to live on a buck twenty-five a day. At home, Steve Morris shared his dilemma with his wife. I'm supposed to teach them to take care of this world for the next generation, even though the generations responsible for them didn't. Listen, I don't want to bring religion into the classroom, but this is one of those times when I think the information that I have to offer them isn't powerful enough, isn't compelling enough, isn't life-changing as what I grew up with. I learned that the earth is the Lord's and all that is in it, the world and those who live in it that we're supposed to love our neighbors, and that this means doing something that makes us vulnerable. I can give them the facts, but not the meaning. We don't own this, any of it. It all belongs to God. We belong to God, who loves us and wants us to love each other and to thrive, who wants the whole creation to thrive and not destroy itself. I can tell them 50 simple things kids can do to save the earth, but how do you teach them that what really needs to happen might be inconvenient for them and their families? How do I teach them that it might mean risk or sacrifice so that things can be better for everyone? How do you do that without some larger sense of purpose and value, without some conviction that in every tree, in every rock, in every human being and plant and red-tailed hawk and seashell, we are listening for the heartbeat of God? Maybe you should teach Sunday school, his wife said. They keep asking for children's worship leaders at church. <laughs> Steve Morris loves his work, but it's probably not a surprise to you that he does not want to spend one of his weekend mornings with sixth graders. <laughs> he went for a walk out on Ring Mountain. It's early yet for the prehistoric-looking Tiburon mariposa lily to be in bloom a species that grows nowhere else on the planet but on that mountain. But the California poppies are in full bloom, and they are glorious this year. He thought of Thoreau's words, in wildness is the preservation of the world. It certainly is the preservation of Steve Morris. He hiked up to the massive grayish-green serpentine boulders and found the one with the ancient Native American petroglyphs, small drawings carved in the rock. He put his hand against the rock and held it there as a feeling for the earth's heartbeat, God's heartbeat. It felt cool and solid, but there was no pulse, although he did hear the thugga-thugga-thugga of a helicopter passing by. And the beat goes on, he mused. Once we were blobs in the sea, and then fishes, and then lizards, and rats, and then monkeys, and hundreds of things in between. This hand was once a fin. This hand once had claws. My human mouth, I have pointy teeth of a wolf, and the chisel teeth of a rabbit, and the grinding teeth of a cow. 
our blood is as salty as the sea that we used to live in. When we're frightened, the hair on our skin stands up just like it did when we had fur. We are history. Everything we've ever been on the way to becoming us, we still are. I'm made up of the memories of my parents and my grandparents, all my ancestors. They're in the way I look, in the color of my hair, and I'm made up of everyone I've ever met who's changed the way I think. And in that final thought, he found hope. I'm made up of everyone I've ever met who's changed the way I think. In the middle of Ring Mountain, with his hand on the rock that another wondering, hopeful man had touched maybe 8,000 years before, he dropped to his knees. God of the ages, God our creator, God who gives life to the dead, evolve us again. Open us to new creative insights that we might build a life-sustaining society committed to the healing and recovery of your world. Change us, transform us, do it through me. Let me be a part of this great turning. Amen.